Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First Credit Union, a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to uh, our Business Matters live stream. Um, We're streaming both on Facebook and then through Zoom as well. So um, we had a great session yesterday, uh, yesterday morning. So we're confident this one will be just as good or better. So we're going to spend the next hour together. Um, Our focus today is the path forward. So we want to spend some time talking about, we're going to be talking to businesses here that, that, uh, have, have been through downturns before and the lessons they learned and what we can do moving forward. Um, as a business community, we're all in this together. In order to get this, we need to share best practices, support each other as best as possible moving forward and, and spend locally. So um, everyone we're talking today are locally owned and operated businesses or business people as well. Um, so this is our, our way from now media to give back a little bit with our business matter um, uh, webinars that we're gonna be doing. So we're live streaming, like I said, on Zoom and Facebook. Um, feel free to submit questions. I'll moderate. I'll kind of spend the first half uh, asking some questions and the second half I'll be doing questions. We actually had some questions submitted already, which is awesome. So I have those with me. Uh, so let's get started because we got an hour and I want to get through a lot. So, so today we have four local business professionals. Um, again, just like yesterday, we have almost combined 80 years of experience in the community and running businesses. We have lots of experience on the call, which is great. Um, first of all, we have uh, Shay from Acromedia, CEO and President of Acromedia. Um, Acro has been in our community for over 20 years and employs lots of um, people that are spending and, and work in our local economy. Thanks, Shay, for joining us. Uh, Reg Henry from Kelly O'Brien's Franchise Enterprise. Um, you'll see that Reg has the most positive attitude when we get talking to him in, in, in sort of the views on this crisis in, in an industry that's been really hurt, but he's looking ahead, not necessarily uh, looking at the moment, he's really looking ahead on how he can you know, continue to move forward. So uh, thank you, Reg, for joining us. Um, someone who needs a little introduction, Ron Cannon. I think most people know Ron from being in the community numerous years, uh, very passionate about our community and about the business and the people that are in the community. So Ron, thank you for joining. And lastly, Jim Check. Uh, CEO, COO and CFO of the Now Media Group. Um, Jim brings a wealth of knowledge and he's seen his fair share of ups and downs. I was talking uh, earlier today about Jim's lived through the 18% mortgage. So we think we have it bad now. So think about that, put that into your calculator and see what that looks like. So uh, so we've seen a little bit in different uh, verticals we've dealt with as well. So we, uh, thanks Jim for joining us. So, so we're gonna get into it. Shay, um, one of the most challenging things that we see is is really there's there's so much uncertainty right now and businesses are asking like should we cut staff uh you know what's government assistance going to do how's that going to impact my decision um you know when will the upswing come when's it coming and will it come and and it's really hard for businesses to make decisions but you guys are truly a local leader i mean people that that i don't know how many people know on the call no acromedia but you guys are a success story leader in your field and You've seen many downturns of 20 plus year in business. So what are the lessons you've learned through those downturns that allow you to say today to implement today that, that, you know, actually, cause you guys are one company, they're actually, you know, I'll use the word Excel, but you know, you're, you're going through the storm, um, you know, maybe better than others. So what are the lessons you've learned that you're able to implement today? I'd say one of the most important things that we learned right out of the gates was that we had to be figuring out what our true core competencies were what we were truly and could be truly world-class at. Um, As a a website development company, we were an agency to all doing all things web-related. And we had to really hone down what it is that um, that we were doing. So just to give you a a very quick example, website development covers obviously a lot of different areas. We really honed in on a very specific market that we were going after with e-commerce solutions uh, specifically. So, you know, e-commerce is one vertical that that we honed in on that we really wanted to excel at um we cut all the fat we had to cut all the fat uh, i remember the day we had every single person's name on the board and we were literally looking at what our core team was that we needed to have uh and it, it wasn't just our staff it was our our partners as well the the four of us were sitting in that room and our names were on the board as well 
and really just pull all those pieces together, those individuals into a uh, into the, the core competency and the core team that would be able to execute on that. Um, and just making sure that uh, everyone that uh, was on board was was tied into what it is that we were trying to accomplish and really focusing in on that. I think another really important thing that, that people have to understand is, you know, in hindsight, it, it's easy to look at, but what is the true value that you're bringing to your customers and being able to have those conversations with your customers on a regular basis? You know, what value, like quantify it, whether it's it's money by them not doing that project with you or doing that service with you, what is it going to cost that business for them not to do that? It, it may be just personal satisfaction as well. Uh, what kind of personal reward that that service would bring and and what does it mean if they don't have that personal service? Um, and uh, in hindsight, we were very, very lucky. We actually had uh, some money put away. We didn't overextend ourselves. We, uh, we definitely make sure that we always have a war chest on hand uh, for situations just like this. And uh, we're very thankful we have one right now. Did you, did you guys cut back on the services you provided then, the products you were offering to? Absolutely. Yeah. So like, what, what kind of scale did you, did, you, did you, are you focusing on one or two core products and services now or? Uh, very much, we're we're chasing a very specific market right now. We we know it's only a few hundred potential customers for us out there um, that fit the very specific need that we're serving. Uh, whereas in the past, it was tens of thousands of companies that we could potentially have our services for, but not being world class at those very specific services and and product offerings. That's great. That's great advice. Um, if if I'm a business owner sitting at you know right now sitting at potentially sitting at home wherever it is where do you think they, sh they should focus their energy and time on day to day? And we've talked about before we hopped on the call is that, uh, you know, you could, you can spend your time consuming TikTok and Netflix or work on your business. And so if you can say, Hey, if there's a couple things you should be focusing on today as a business owner, what should they be? If you have all the time in the world <laughs> is to really define your, your product, uh, what you truly feel. Well, first of all, it starts with passion. What are you passionate about uh, in terms of the services that you're providing? And what can you really hone in on to be the absolute best? Um, as, as we know, like if you, all, all you have to do is look at YouTube and see what niches people have really got into. Like I always use the Gary Vee example because he really focused in on wine. Um, and he was, a, he was an online wine channel uh, for doing reviews. Um, and now look at him now. Now that, now that he has an actual audience and what he was able to leverage there, he's an ultra successful businessman in many, many different arenas leveraging that audience, he continued to grow. So what kind of audience can you gain by focusing in on a very niche market? And I think people really have to focus now and not be generalists in their practices, um, but be niche and focused in what it is that they do. So right. they can offer the most amount of value to the, the, the very specific people that, that they're trying to gain as clients and customers. That's, that's awesome. That's great advice. And, and are you guys seeing, um, uh, are, are you struggling right now in a sense of in, uh, hiring or like where are you guys at with your with your staffing and, and going through through what you're going through now we are very very fortunate to be in the industry that we're in and uh you know we're dealing with e-commerce clients in the mid to enterprise market um yes some of those clients have uh definitely been impacted and are cutting back um, but at the same time because of the diverse range of clients that we actually have in terms of covering very specific industries uh, a lot of those other customers have gotten very, very busy. Um, so we are able to shift staff over from the slower moving uh, companies to the the ones that are really just being caught with their pants down and uh, really trying to ramp things up. So we actually have some clients that are ramping up services. In fact, some doubling their their needs and their capacity for for what, what it is that we do for them. Um, yeah, we're very fortunate. We, we had a business continuity plan in place. Um, if we, we had just finished it in December. Wow. And uh, we were really able to roll everybody over to being a fully distributed company within pretty much a couple, two, three day span. We had everybody out of the office and working from home wow. uh, and productivity has never been better, to be honest with you. So I have nothing to complain about. Very fortunate company, very fortunate industry. Um, but, you know, we learned from 2008, 2009, we went from a 40 person company down to a 17 person company and have grown that up to a 90 person company since. So. Wow. Well, Jim always says, I like the quote, it says an overnight success, 20 years in the making. 
Yeah, right? <laughs> people don't really, they only see the result. They don't see all the hard work that went in behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah, well, that's, that's really good advice. Thanks for sharing some time. Um, and we'll circle back with, with, like I said, with some questions as well. So um, Reg, I'd like to focus a little bit from uh, um, what you're going through now. And, you know, you're in an industry that's been hit very hard, for sure, obviously. And But the one thing that really stands out is in our discussion even before this call is that you got such a positive in, in your so outlook and so focused on the future. Um, and we all know nothing, you know, nothing good comes from just letting others set our agenda. So, um, so how are you adapting to the new norm and how are you keeping, how are you keeping focus on the learn long-term with, you know, with the struggles you're facing on your plate today? Well, you know, to tell you the truth with, uh, with what the, with what the government's uh, done with subsidies and loans and, and programs to help us out, this, this downturn, although it's 80% of our, we're down 80% on our business, it's a lot less stressful than it was in 2008 Be because we, we have we have the uh, uh, we have the support from the government to get us through it. So that's financially the biggest problem that we really have is taking care of our staff, making sure that they're that they're doing well and that they're uh, they're financially healthy and and physically healthy. That's that's the that's the biggest thing. You can't get together with them. You can't have a staff meeting. So we've developed ways of, uh, of uh, communicating with our staff on a, on a regular basis to make sure that they're doing okay. But you're right, you know, I always look, I, I, I'm not gonna let that, I'm not gonna let the pandemic slow me down. I'm gonna look past the pandemic and try to get our team focused on what's gonna happen after and, and what can we do to, to make our business better, how we can, uh, how we can better service our uh, our customers and what they're looking for it's uh um you know in 2000 in, in 2008 we uh after the crash we lost about 30 percent of our business and it was tough we uh we just opened a new restaurant out in west Kelowna in the spring of 2008 so it was a it was a pretty tough two years but in in uh, february of 2010 i opened up another location in Kamloops. So I, I don't like things to get me down. I always look forward. Uh, keep keep your, your vision on the, on the future and make sure you're taking care of, of what's going on with you right now. I think that's, uh, that's how I keep going. So I love it when my, when my staff say to me, what's Reg been smoking now? <laughs> um, uh, what are you doing right now to, to, to keep the, in contact with your team? Like what are some of the, the, the obviously like you said, you can't have necessarily nope. team meetings in a boardroom. So what are you doing right now to, to make sure you uh, stay connected with them? Social media and, and okay. uh, um, we, have, uh, we have conference calls with our, with our main managers uh, twice a week. Uh, just to keep everybody informed and, and keep them focused on what the, the job at hand is. And uh, um, we ask them how their, how their staff are doing, whether they've um, uh, contacted them. One of, our, one of, one of my partners uh, sent out that he offered every staff member a take-home staff dinner mm. for free, just, for, uh, just to make sure that they're doing okay. Right. Oh, that's great. I mean, it's... Uh... Um, like I said, you're, you're an industry that's, that's obviously hit hard on it. And where do you see, have you, how, how have you seen the community support in what you're doing? Are, are you, are you seeing people still ordering takeout? Are you seeing? A oh yeah. We're, well, we're down, we're down about 80%. And, and to tell you the truth, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the volumes mm -hmm. we're doing. It's pretty exciting. You know, we, we get excited now when we do what uh, here in Kelowna, we do $2,000 a day where before we were excited when we did $15,000 in a day. So, you know, you just got to change your focus and, and be positive. And, and the, and the, uh, our local, our local customers have been really, really great to us. You know, we, uh, uh, we get lots of compliments on what we're doing and, and, and the, the quality of the food is the same as when they, when they come into the restaurant, although they have to get it home, but yeah, yeah, it's been very, very positive. Um, we as soon as uh, as soon as this happened, we and and we we're only allowed to do takeout. We offer the frontline health workers a forty percent discount on any orders that they make, and that's just to help out uh, with what they're going through. 
Well, that's great. Well, thank you for everything you're doing there. And I agree that people can't go without their pachos, so you're still going to get it. And that's <laughs> yeah. it. Reg wins the background war with the Guinness in the background. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Reg. I appreciate it. And, and, you know, I've never heard someone say we're down 80% and we're excited about what's happening. Like that, that is, that, that sums up sort of the excitement and the, the or sorry, the, the drive you have to make sure you're always looking forward. So I appreciate it. And, and, and I hope every, everybody in a call gets a little bit of that and, and, you know, and sees how we got to keep push, push forward and pushing the path forward. For There's sure. absolutely nothing you do about it. Yeah. It's the way the world is right now, and and you can, you got to enjoy it. You yeah. got to still be positive. You still got to be happy. You still got to have a good time. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Rich. Thank you for joining us today. Um, before we hop to Rod, just want to let everybody know you can ask questions. Feel free to ask your questions, and uh, once we're done, sort of a couple more questions, we'll we'll circle back to those and make sure we get all the answers we can for you guys. So, um, another guy that's always smiling, Ron. Thank you for coming on the call. Um, you know, I think now more than ever is, you know, it's, it's the time to work on your business, not in your business. Now's the time for us to really look at, you know, I think as a business owner, you kind of have the duty to, to ensure your business is viable. Um, because if it's not, it doesn't matter what we do today. So, you know, and Shane mentioned some of the lessons he learned going through the downturn to make sure that we are, he is viable for when he's, what, what's going now. So, so how have you adapted to the new norm um, on your day-to-day -day operations and, and how can businesses prepare for any other future downturns? Because I'm sure this isn't the last one we're going to see, right? So how do they prepare to, to be, uh, for when this comes again? Well, thanks, uh, Rob, and to Now Media for this opportunity to be part of this distinguished panel, and that's a hard act to follow after uh, a eat, drink, and be Irish friend there, <laughs> and uh, it is attitude, and as uh, Winston Churchill, a great politician, said, attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference, and that's one thing that we can control. I've always said is you can control your attitude. There's, as Reg said, there's only certain things that we can control, and that's what we can focus on. The rest of it is outside of our our ability and we can't, uh, we can you know, worry about it, stress about it, it doesn't do any good. So focus on what you can change. Uh, as a role now, like I've, I've had my own business. I've uh, been, work, I've worked for private companies. I worked with large corporations, Coca-Cola, Hershey Foods, uh, uh, Costco Wholesale. I was their marketing rep. And uh, the last uh, three and a half plus years, I've been business relationship manager for Interior uh, Savings Credit Union here in Kelowna, actually, they're the only financial institution with their head office in Kelowna. So management, a lot of the people are customers of, of people that are suffering and going through this crisis together. And they, they uh, very caring, compassionate staff are working tirelessly with 21 branches throughout the Thompson Okanagan trying to help uh, the members deal with the crisis. But from a business perspective, how can you business be more resilient in the face of the downturn? And how can we help through the crisis? Well, another hat that I wear on the executive of the Kelowna Chamber, I've been speaking with various members, trying to get the pulse of the community. How can we help them? And as Reg said, the government is <clears throat> working, you know, bending over backwards. I wouldn't, uh, I don't envy the politicians. I spent almost 20 years in public office and it's, it's a very difficult time because uh, for some they're, they're saying that, you know, you're not doing enough and others are spending too much like drunken sailors. So they're trying to find a, a balance in there. But I, I think going forward, as far as a renewal or restoration, we need to take uh, an advocating to move and encourage consumers to buy local. I think uh, one of the things that um, post-pandemic Canada will be, I think, more supportive of made in Canada, be more manufacturing, looking at how we can be more sustainable uh, within our own you know, province and country. And locally here, that's what I'm encouraging people to think before you buy. You know, it's easy to go online and we're spending more time than ever online in the last six weeks. And, you know, post-pandemic, people will be doing business differently. But when we purchase, just because something's $5 cheaper on Amazon doesn't mean that it's uh, the best for all of us in society. And if you need to think about local employers that, such as Reg and Shea that hire locally, it could be your neighbor that they're employing bricks and mortar that they're paying property taxes on property taxes business and commercial pay two to one on the rate of household residential so it helps keep our residential taxes down and provides the services the infrastructure that local government needs i mean the beautiful parks and and recreational facilities cultural facilities aren't available if you know you just support offshore companies or out of out of uh, town 
businesses. And that's what we need to do as a community to, I think, help deal with this crisis, help us grow uh, as a stronger and, and as a community. And one of the things the chamber had just launched this uh, hashtag, we got this, and it's chambers up and down the valley from the, the border all the way up to North Andrew B. Armstrong. And it's a repository of information working together, helping businesses to bring information together in partnership with the Canadian Chamber of Commerce as well. There's just all kinds of programs and policies and ideas that some have a success story and how do we share it? And, and it's an avenue almost to, uh, to vent because you need a counselor too, a former self-employed person. Who do you talk to sometimes? You, you talk to your partner if it's your spouse or you know a couple of employees, but sometimes you just don't know who to talk to. So we're, I think in that respect, trying to uh, help people manage through this, I call it unprecedented times. And others say, well, it's not unprecedented times. Businesses such as Reg and Shea have had to adapt to look at the internet, how it puts so many people out of business, that uh, video stores, no, no more video stores because of streaming. Or when Starbucks came along and put in nice couches and upscaled uh, their, their stores, it forced businesses to move to a, a different level uh, Uber changed the whole taxi industry. So we've had to adapt and technology is a way to use that. And I think that uh, by sessions like this and encouraging people to share ideas, how we can, can grow from our past and uh, continue to support local be my, my biggest uh, uh, you know, takeaway from, from today's. And that's what, you know, Interior Savings Credit Union is, is you know, I said working with our members and trying to ensure that we can help however we can. And one way we could do is you know, 72,000 members throughout the Southern interior Thompson Okanagan is encouraging people to buy local support your local business. That's great. Yeah. I think in, in that, and we're, we're hundred percent believers in that. I mean, before this and even more so now of keeping the dollars in the market as much as possible, because that's what keeps our economy going. I think during times like this, it's easy to kind of just squeeze everything and not, not do anything. And that doesn't help anyone. And if you have, you know, I mean, not if you have the capacity to do it, spending locally is where we want to do and supporting, you know, companies like, you know, Kelly O'Brien's in our local market helps everyone. Right. So that's good. Thank you very much, Ron. We'll circle back. There's already see some questions popping up for everyone. So that's awesome. So, um, so Jim, um, you know, you're in an industry where sometimes marketing is seen as, as an expense, not an investment. So what mind shift has the leadership team at Now Media Group had to make in order to pivot and support the clients that, you know, Now Media Group works with at all the divisions that, uh, that fall under it? Well, you're muted, Jim. Sorry. Uh, I muted myself there. So for us, it, it, and I just want to go back to where we started out in this when it first hit, obviously it was a, uh, pretty scary for us as well as, as the phone started to light up that day and emails and probably within an hour and a half, we had 20, 20 clients locally pause or pause their advertising and, and, and their retainers because obviously this scared them and everybody went into cash preservation mode, which is, you know, what expected, right? Because advertising is definitely one of the things that people will look to cut first. May not be the, the best thing to cut first, but it is definitely when you when you can't operate like Reg. I mean, there's not much point to do advertising at that moment. So, um, so I think some of us had a bit of a pity party for sure as well, because you know your your whole business, you have a large staff that you have to feed the engine for too, and at that point, nobody knew what support was available or when support would come and and how long this would last. So. I think once we kind of went through that, uh, we had Walter Bond speak to us at, at Level Up there, and he said, you can have a three-day pity party, then it's time to get on with your life and roll up your sleeves and get to work. And I think that's what we did for sure, too. Then we, we started to realize, so Kelowna now has a big voice, and we wanted to make sure that we shared that voice for sure. And, and we didn't make any cuts with Kelowna now. We actually added to our reporting staff. And then um, because we believed that news was, was important to this community. So... Um, then we started building out things that could help help the local community. We started building out the takeout directory and the, you know, some of the nearby features and stuff like that. So we focused our energy on that. And then, and I think as we started to talk to some clients, um, there were some clients that were actually looking for more help from us, and then some clients that were actually pulling back. So we were, we were, we were. Well, our biggest message to clients was we will help those that can't afford to do anything right now for free. And then the ones that can obviously 
pay for services right now, we'd use that, that money to kind of like facilitate that so that we all come out this the other end as, as well as possible. And I think that kind of rallied the troops a little bit too. And like, how can we do things? And I think, you know, I, I got to give a lot of credit to the team putting together, you know, that those directories working at, on the weekends at home, communicating and telling each other what, you know, what to do next and how, how to do it. It was a, a great collaboration for sure. And I, and I think that the takeout directory has been well received in the community as it shared a lot. And, um, and I think for us, it, it is a support local. We are a local media outlet as well. And um, our message and our battle cry for sure, Ron, will be the support local message. And um, because it's, it's every dollar spent in community stays in community and stuff like that. And, and, I, and I, not that I don't like Amazon, I've spent enough money on Amazon as well, but <clears throat> Amazon won't be buying jerseys for your kid's hockey team or your, or your soccer team. So if you can spend that money locally, um, I encourage everybody to look at spending locally. And so I think we've come up with a ton of initiatives and I think there's some big brands that we work with too. We work with a really large national brand and they're trying to step into the local market as well. So I think, I think that will resonate for sure with a lot of people. And I think, um, and I, and I'd say even like, you know, when we talk about local, it's the people that have local people in the market too. It's like Costco's got local employees too, right? So I'm not saying cut them out. They're, everybody that that operates and, and puts people down on the on the ground in here needs needs support so and i think that's that's the key thing and like once things get going again my biggest or our biggest kind of like concern is definitely for the, the businesses hurt the worst and that's the regs out there and, and you know like the service the personal services industries like as soon as this they lift some of the stuff go get a haircut uh get some you know like even reg if you want to get like you know like a like some spikes or something like there <laughs> maybe a dye job or something I don't know, but I think the, the more that we can do to kind of put some money back in the community. And I, and I do agree with, with Reg too, like once the government puts some support into place, that's definitely takes some, some uh, pressure off a lot of businesses. Right. So, and then I think there's been a lot of support put into individuals as well. I think there was a new thing that came out today for BC residents as well to add to the CERB. There's another thousand dollars for, for that. So I think there's been enough support. Um, I think what people are looking for now is kind of, like the plan forward. And I think we're seeing that we're seeing some stuff in Saskatchewan making moves or seeing some stuff in the U S so we're starting to see some stuff, but I definitely would say to people like, you know, like let's be as, as good as we can when we're, if we start to see some relaxation so that we don't end up back in this spot. So be as, you know, cautious, no different than when somebody has, has the, the flu in your house, you know, me, you know, the hygiene thing is so important and, and, and that, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's because we want we don't want Reg to be out of business for the next eighteen months, right? Because um, I don't think he's going to last that long either, right? So like, um, I guess that's that's what I'd have to say is like right. no, we survive great. as a community. So let we have to dig in as a community too. I think that's awesome, good advice, and I think that haircut was uh, uh, directed to Ron. So. Probably I get polished. That's right. Um, uh, we've had a lot of questions coming in, so I want to jump in. So uh, we're already halfway through. So th this the hour flies when you're doing these, which is great. So um, Shay, this this is for you. Um, just curious about the landscape of em the employment field. What's this going to look like? So pre-COVID, many companies were struggling to find staff. In the middle of COVID, uh, with so many being temporarily laid off, are they jumping to other jobs? Are companies hiring, or will there be more candidates to select from? Uh, we're lucky enough to be in a position right now where we can take advantage of this opportunity, um, given that we do have that war chest put away. Um, we can grab good people right now because there is an abundance of good talent out there, people looking for work. And there is people definitely making moves uh, right now in the industry, in our industry, in the high tech industry, uh, where others are failing. We're picking up some great talent right now. Um, we're, we're also picking up some good um, contractors right now and at better rates. Um, there's some people out there that want to continue to put food on the table and they're willing to take what was uh, a very, you know, because of the uh, supply demand issue, uh, some pretty unreasonable rates are starting to become more, a little bit more reasonable right now. So we're taking advantage of that situation. Uh, we're scaling up our team and um, we're going to get a bunch of good people on board because of this. So. And are you seeing, uh, is there, is that more in the local market? Are you drawing or is the opportunity from, we you know, you know, Alberta suffering obviously because of oil and so forth, but are you seeing a really good talent from other markets wanting to come here potentially from, from in your, in your industry? 
we have people all over the world that work for us now. Given our very specific niche that we work within, uh, we, we would never be able to source all the talent locally. We, we ran out of people there right away. <laughs> um, we, we groom a lot of people from the local schools and stuff here, but we also pull, uh, are starting to pull talent in from Vancouver, um, even out east. Um, we actually are pulling people even from across the world to come work on our team and headquartered here. But uh, about 40% of our staff is distributed. So uh, we, we have people all over the world that work for us. And, right. and so we're, we're uh, one of those companies that is able to pull uh, revenue into the community. That's, that's our biggest contribution is to bring revenue in the form of people that are able to spend locally. Right. Um, and otherwise, that, you know, those people would be uh, working elsewhere. So that's, that's the one way that uh, Acro Media has been able to continue to build that community. We have a lot of families uh, that have prospered from from uh, you know working for with our team and uh, of those people a lot of the people once they're in here in the valley they continue to be here regardless if they work with us or not so right. um, we're feeding the growth here for sure that's awesome thank you that was great um, uh, Reg there's a question on um, it says uh, I know you joined skip the dishes but would you rather the orders come directly to you uh, as an individual restaurant or as these delivery systems seems to charge fairly high service charges to the restaurant owner, should we call our local Kelly O'Brien's to order? Oh, definitely. Um, uh, companies like Skip, Skip the Dishes and DoorDash, they charge 25% from us to deliver an order. Okay. So uh, if people will look on, on the uh, Skip the Dishes uh, uh uh, web page our prices are quite a bit higher right. than than you would have at the store uh, and you'll also notice when you come and pick up you get 20 percent off and if you order through our app you get the 20 percent off and you uh and you gain points on your points card so you know it's it's really advantageous for customers to do that uh to order through us directly and it sure helps us out a lot so uh, yeah, I would really recommend it. We just uh, today we just uh, opened up or, or launched a new uh, a new product. It's called the Irish Pantry, and that's where you can buy uh, uh, protein boxes, vegetable boxes, uh, dry storage boxes, certain meals that you can buy uh, to be cooked at home. Do you just get the raw product from us? Right. So, and uh, I believe we've had we just launched it today, and we've already had like six orders. So that's pretty, uh, that's pretty. Yeah, that's great. Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Another way that you pivot. That's, that's great to see that. So yeah. um, is that information on the website, Reg? Like, yes, like, it is. Now, is that kind of like a home delivery service? Is that a, a subscription thing too? Or is it a one-offs or? No, no, just one-offs. And it, you order, you order today and you can pick up your order tomorrow. We don't deliver, but, um, and we haven't, uh, we haven't gone through skip the dishes yet uh, it, with the Irish pantry, but we're hoping people will will drive by and pick it up rather than have it uh, have it delivered. Does that come with a growler? Well, if you order it, yeah, it <laughs> sure will. <laughs> That's um, Jim, a question for you. Um, this is a question that came in actually before uh, they got emailed into us. So. Uh, how can a service company that is still open for business increase confidence in potential clients in our zero contact system without having to do a load of expensive uh, consumer education? So how do they get this message out to their, their clients without spending a whole bunch of dollars doing, you know, expensive campaigns? Well, I mean, hopefully they have some good social channels already or good ways to distribute if they have any, like they've built a email distribution list and, and stuff like that, they, they should be investing in that. If they haven't done that in the past, that's something they need to look at so that they own a bit of their own channel. Mm. Um, and I guess if you don't have any channel and you can start, because if you had any an email distribution list, you could have communicated through that or you could your Facebook, your Twitter and your webpage and all those different vehicles that you have. Um, you can obviously buy advertising, different things. You can do all kinds of different things, but um, I think it, it, it's, it, it's very, smart on people to start like we try to encourage people to kind of build your channel yourself so that you're not beholden to anybody all the time so you kind of control some of the you know like the distribution of your message for sure try to grow your social channels but more so like e-newsletters work really well and um 
And if you get a faithful group, and especially if you're doing retail, like you've been for Reg, like if you're having specials and stuff like that, when you can communicate with the people, right? So. And, and maybe a follow-up to that, maybe to Ron, is how, how are you staying? Like, is it, this is about staying communicated or connection with your clients. And, and I know Shay uh, touched on this as well. So how are you staying connected with your clients and the business community on a day-to-day -day basis? What are you doing? Two cell phones, an iPad, a laptop, and a desktop. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom and yeah, Skype. It's been uh, interesting. As I, as I said, people are spending more and more time on technology. So obviously, with uh, the capability of, of the technology, it's allowed, for example, Interior Savings, the commercial team, they have a conference call daily. I work with them uh, offline as well through you know regular emails and phone calls. I know that uh, same thing with all the, the account managers have been keeping in touch. Uh, sometimes I get out of the out of the house to go visit the construction site just to drive by to create um, you know get out of the cabin fever because I think more and more of that is building up as the nicer weather comes and it's the longer we have to be incubated as per se. So that's that's the best way and, and what I'm hearing from from members and business folks in the community is that uh, they're ready to take the economy out of park and at least get into the first gear. Mm. And I, you know, was encouraged today by Premier Mo from Saskatchewan. He's got his five point plan and he's going to uh, allow, you know, still safe distancing and smart, uh, being smart and pragmatic about it, but at least giving some hope. And I think that's the biggest thing is, as um, you know, Jim and Reg had talked about uh, earlier about how you're, you're in business and you how, you know, we know a lot of people that have moved to the Okanagan for lifestyle and they've sold everything and put all their money into the business, their life savings. And it's been, you know, have a pity party, but it is a challenge for some of them because they're going through a really destitute time. So how do you, you want to give them some hope. And I think that's what we need to do is they open up their doors and they can, whether it's through, um, you know, heard uh, an, an advertisement today for Andre. So you can, Audiotronic, you can call in. Um, you can book online and you can pick up at the curb. You know, if you don't want to go to the store, you have to be innovative in the sense that adaptive. And I know that even for restaurants, it's going to be a challenge going for sit down. So maybe as summertime, we'll have more, more patios kind of thing. I think the element on how do we work with the businesses to adapt to make sure we can still be safe, social, because we're, we're created as social beings we, we like community we want to support community and i think that's uh displayed by the generosity of you know incredible corporate citizens that have given you know back in so many different ways and people have, have wanted to help and at this time same thing i said from the, from the credit union's perspective what can we do to help people and they look at it one-on-one -on -one basis you know some people are, are doing fine there's some that have actually uh, you know construction's continuing on i've had uh, a couple of uh, business folks that uh, gained, there's a car rental business that got actually a rental of, of uh, equipment. They had extra business that they didn't anticipate because of, of COVID. And so it's unique, but you know, there's some people like I said, some serious revenue drops of service industry specifically. So we can help, uh, you know, whether it's a flower shop or you go down to the local coffee shop and don't be afraid to get out of your house and, you know, be smart. If you go downtown, get something, it's free parking or Rutland or South Pandozi, wherever you, and support the local merchants. I, I just can't reinforce that enough because I used to be in retail and I know that it's a, a lifeblood of, of our of our customer base. I mean, I'd say small small business is the economic engine that drives our economy here locally. If, if I could just add something real quick there. Sure. there. There's a lot of opportunity here for businesses to think outside the box of what they normally would do. Uh, in their business and and you know people get fat dumb and lazy when their you know money's coming in um and they, they don't really think about how they're innovating there's a lot of different ways that companies can be starting to innovate right now and one of the things they have uh in their favor is that everybody being forced in at home are are being more accepting of of digital and technology people that wouldn't have normally bought online or registered online for something or you know, used, you know, used their credit card online are now being forced to do so. So, uh, you know, that fear that, you know, that the, the few remaining people might have had in terms of accepting uh, doing things digitally are now being forced to do that. And there's an opportunity when we come out of this that people will be uh, seeing the advantages of that. So if you're in a position to be able to 
invest in some technology or, or reshape your business around um, taking advantage of that, this is the time to be thinking about those options. So I agree. I was going to say, it doesn't matter what age. My father-in-law is 86 and he's learned how to FaceTime and speak with the grandchildren. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, exactly. it's a great, great opportunity. Yeah, um, Roger, there's a question kind of along this line too, is that um, obviously we can't predict the future, obviously, but, uh, but you know, sort of post-pandemic, you've seen some of this before when there was, you know, smoking regulations, people thought, oh my gosh, bars and restaurants are going to close because you can't go in and smoke and you have smoking sections and bed. So, but hey, you survived. Hey, everyone got through that. So, you know, it, what, I know you can't predict the future. What are you thinking? What does, what might it look different for you? How does it look different for you post, post COVID-19 world? And, and, you know, where, you know, will you introduce more out, outdoor seating? How, how will you, what do you think in a way to adapt what this might look like 12 months, six months or whatever down the road? Well, I don't, I, personally, I don't think that, uh, that restaurants are going to open to full capacity this year. I honestly don't think they'll allow us because the, the meeting, uh, the, um, the group of 50 is going to be a, is going to be a big deterrent for our business. But I think, I think people are really going to look at how, uh, health practices and cleanliness of restaurants are going to become paramount and, and how they're, uh, how they're treated at the table and, and maybe we'll get rid of social distancing, but I think it's gonna be in the back of everyone's minds. It's a habit now. I mean, I even find myself, I'm walking down the sidewalk and I see somebody coming, I'm thinking, okay, which way do I go right or left to keep as far away from that person as possible? It's just gonna be a habit. I, I think that, that you'll, you'll find that in restaurants. Um, I don't know about out seat, outside seating, if that'll change at all. Um, but it's, uh, um, I honestly believe it'll, it'll, people are going to look for cleanliness and, and, and health practices in our business anyway. That's okay. Yeah. And I guess you don't know. Yeah. You don't know it. And, and you've been able to adapt, like I said, with the smoking issues that came in, everyone thought that was going to be like the death of bars and pubs and yeah, it sure uh, was. It was a big <laughs> topic for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, on that sort of uh, the e-commerce side, maybe Shay or Jim, and I know this question is a little bit difficult because it's just like saying how much does it cost to build my house. But um, if if I'm a business that I'm not on e-commerce right now, uh, and I want to be you know into an e-commerce solution, what's it, it, the question is how long does it take before I could go from zero to an e-commerce solution in my business? And I know Shay, you kind of focus on a, a different maybe client level, and maybe you can answer from your level, and Jim can kind of answer from more of the uh, you know the focus that now media group does as well yeah as i mentioned mid to enterprise space you know we're our, our kind of entry level clients doing 25 million plus a year yeah. um but in terms of like the options that are out there i mean there's an abundancy of SaaS offering software as a service offerings that you know you can get involved in with you know relatively few dollars a month less than a hundred dollars a month in some cases to get online um and I, of course as that as that grows and uh, you're able to spin things up and get it and get it going. Obviously, you can continue to invest and and uh, make that uh, you know heavier investment down the road as as there's uh, success. But um, you know it's easy to get online. It's easy to do e-commerce. It's not as scary as people think. There's very good support teams out there that support those smaller packages and smaller uh, smaller offerings. And a lot of this stuff you can do yourself nowadays. You know, you, if you can use a word. Uh, document and or jump into Google Sheets or whatever you might be using. It's not that much more difficult to to go set up some web pages. Um, there's there's a ton of resources that have been spent in uh, being very attractive to small business. So that's great. Thank you, Jim. How about from the now media side? Like where like from a, a client that's looking from that doesn't have any e-commerce solution and uh, what do you suggest for them and how quickly could they be uh, e-commerce capable? Well, like Shay said, you can do something in a day. Um, it depends on what you need and how complex and what your offering is for sure. So um, some of those, those packages out there that are, you know, they've done by a Shopify or, or big commerce or something like that, there's that. If you don't fit into those kind of those buckets and you're still a small thing or you have something that custom needs, that's kind of where we come into play. But we've also offered on Cloner Now a way to get your products on there for free. Um, so if you need to do, you know, get something up there right now, I think it's just a percentage of the sales to cover the, the, the um, processing costs and that stuff too. So there's, and I know like for some people, um, it's in a local environment, everybody's kind of countered on the, the bricks and mortar stuff. And, and I guess some of the frustrations for a lot of people is, is there, 
they feel that, you know, when they're displaying product, like when they were showrooms for Amazon and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's, it's people need to figure out a way to make their e-commerce work and to make their showrooms work too. Right. Because it, and some of the biggest frustrations I see, even in, in some of the bigger retailers in town, I remember trying to go buy a, a helmet a while ago and uh, they didn't even want to show it to me because they thought I was just going to take a picture of it and the price and then go buy it online. So um, we need to figure that out so that we're not spending, they're not making a monopoly out of Amazon and stuff like that too. Right. So we need to figure out um, all that kind of stuff. And, and I think that's where you need a kind of a strategy to figure out how you can, how you can kind of like do that. And that's where we come into play, but um, everybody's kind of different for sure. So it's, it's, it's what, what works, right? So um, it's tough to compete if you're just going to go straight up against Amazon for cost. And, and if you have small products and that, so it's definitely Again, case by case basis. I, I would circle back to that core competency um, that I, that I led in with is, yeah, you're not going to compete with the with the Amazons in the world if you're selling the same things. It's what are you bringing that's unique? What unique value are you bringing? What unique products are you bringing? Or how are you spinning up a, a regular product with a different customer experience that that uh, is different than everyone else or, you know, supporting that product in some fashion? Um, there's lots of different ways to compete with Amazon. The one thing about Amazon is, is it's just a pile of products and there's no customer service, there's no experience, there's no nothing that's tied to that. You literally are just going there for one thing is to find the, the cheapest option possible. So what are you bringing to the table that will draw that user away, that customer away um, into what it is that you sell? And so focus in on what, what it is that you can, you can do best and what you can bring to market the best, better than anybody else. And what's your value proposition? How do you benefit or yeah, unique selling proposition or exactly? Yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, Ron, this question for you, there's there's a lot of discussion around access to funding and, and programs for businesses, but um, it's also a lot. So businesses are struggling, maybe a tough time navigating the program. So what do you what do you suggest? Where can they go to see, you know, do they qualify? How do they apply? What options are Is there an area or a place that they can go to to actually get that information um, quickly and easily? Yeah, as, as Reg alluded to earlier, there's some been numerous uh, reports uh, as far as announcements of different uh, provincial federal programs and first of all you got to figure out all the acronyms once you get through that you, <laughs> it's half the battle but uh, seriously the, the Canadian Chamber of Commerce developed the Canadian Business Resilience Network but it's a mouthful and it's repository of all the programs that are available across Canada and even locally here it's uh, investcolona.com it's really good the Central Okanagan Economic Development Commission they have a website that's compiled all the information. My name is Ron Cannon at shaw.ca is my email address. I'm happy to, uh, anybody wants to email offline, work through that because there's some, there's people that have fallen through the cracks. As we know, the $40,000 uh, emergency loan was only, he had to have a payroll of 50,000 originally. And now they've gone down to 20,000. And then some people were, didn't qualify. They paid themselves dividends and they, there's, there's, unique situation. So there's there's something usually for somebody because now they've also, uh, the government's given local central Okanagan, uh, the community futures division for the small, small businesses, an opportunity to try to give a, I'm saying a hand up instead of a hand out, just life support, you know, giving them a, something to hold on to, to get through this, this you know, the next, whatever it is, the next few months, because it's, um, we're all going through this in the summertime. We don't know if we can, uh, hopefully our, our visitors will come from Alberta and, and, and the lower mainland and how that'll look, we still don't know. But I'm, I'm advocating that uh, at least the province, we look at a regional opening of our, uh, of our province from an economic perspective. I had a gentleman call me today, he says, well, in the South Okanagan, even right to uh, the Thompson Okanagan, you have you know, less than a handful of people that are hospitalized and we've got a really good control of this. He's saying the virus doesn't have, doesn't know boundaries. So let's move the boundaries and allow, prevent people from coming into the Okanagan without being tested. You know, even have the check stops at the borders, things like that. Uh, because it sounds crazy in some ways, but it's, he said, yeah, you get some military of the BC Dragoons and have a chance to check the, uh, the individuals coming across and I think we we need to get people moving again and and, and there's ways of instead of stymieing everybody 
make sure that we contain those that are most susceptible and continue to work with those. But I don't think we should, uh, everybody should be tied down to, you know, the continued stay home and, and wash your hands phrase. It's time to uh, use some common sense and a little more balanced approach. Yeah, that's fair. That's a great, uh, great feedback. Um, um, I, I don't want to tackle this one, but you can put your hand up if you want to tackle this. The question is, how does this downturn compare or not compare to others that your business has experienced? Shay, you want to tackle that, it looks like? And then Jim. Shay, you can go first and we'll, we'll, Jim can go. Well, I mean, the 2008-9 uh, problems were the writing was on the wall. We, we all knew what was going to be happening there. Um, this one is unprecedented as everyone's been labeling it is we, we don't know what it, it seems to me like you, you come out of this and, and businesses start rolling in uh, and, and services start getting picked back up again and you know no one's there's not a financial crisis but what kind of financial crisis have we made by stopping the global economy from from running. Um, I don't know. I'm not a, you know, no one has a crystal ball and I'm, I know there's a lot of different philosophies out there. What's actually going to happen. Um, this one's completely unknown. So I, I'm kind of the same mindset. You, you control the things you, you can control. Um, you put a little bit more time and energy and work into what it is that you do to, to protect yourselves and the people and the things around you. Um, and you hope that everybody else is doing the same in their roles in every area of, of the world government services and everything else and, and you hope that uh, we can all come out of this thing fairly unscathed but uh, I have no idea what to uh, what the future holds and I don't think anybody else can can really predict what that looks like yeah that's fair yeah Jim uh, yeah I'd like to add to that a little bit for sure I mean that this is uh, unprecedented for sure this is a global crisis not it's not localized in the 2008 crisis it was a financial crisis. This is a health crisis that is becoming probably uh, a financial crisis that will dwarf the 2008 crisis for sure. The thing that is um, most important that people have to realize is that this is definitely a, a global crisis. Countries like Canada and the US typically are helping other nations out when they face this. Um, we are gonna see supply demand shocks. We're gonna see them all over the place. Um, we're gonna see currencies value in a lot of places but um, there was a piece out by IMF and, and CNN in the last couple of days talking about um, possibilities of global famine and stuff like that of, of uh, massive proportions and stuff like that so a lot of other countries don't have the resources that we do have and and in the backstops excuse me and the backstops that we have in into kind of helping the people so um, we have to be cognizant of that and be ready to help those other nations at this time too because um, we're probably going to see a lot of nationalism develop too. So, uh, we could probably see our, I mean, I see a lot of stuff. I, I watch a lot of this stuff. So we're probably going to see our currency devalue quite a bit, which some people will say, well, that's going to really help exporters and we're an export nation, but the nationalization or, and the nationalist movement that's going to happen in most of the world is probably going to stymie a lot of global trade too. And then Ron can probably answer that question because Rob's been in, or Ron's been involved in that from a government level um, and trade has been a, a big thing on most people's agendas for the past 20 years, Ron. Exactly, I was on the trade, International Trade Committee for about 10 years and I'd written down one of the other clients that worked at Summerhill Winery and Stephen Sipes is a, a legend or a community and one of the things he always said, who benefits from restricting the sale of BC wine? So interprovincial trade barriers and within Canada, why can't we trade goods and services with our own, our own country? So hopefully that'll, be a wake up call for political leaders across the, the nation. And I agree with as far as uh, smart trade, not just free trade, and it's gonna be for, for the sake of uh, looking at how we can look at value added now within our own country. And that was one of the things that uh, we were battled to the bottom, I think in, in some cases. So it's, it's once again, educating consumers about how products that you buy and where they come from and implications through the whole supply chain and it's a it's an education perspective but i really think that um buying canadian and allowing canadians to buy goods and services from, from one province to the other needs to be free much flower or flow uh freer than it has been and that's something that we're also been advocating from the canadian chamber and 
The other point I want to ask, just pick up on Shea, is, uh, is innovation. Once again, there's ideas that people are coming along with that uh, you never even thought of. It was there's a guy that's um, they're using some some ideas as far as antiviral. Of course, everybody has got all kinds of ideas from from trying to find a cure. But I, th I think it was Rob at the beginning. You talked about what's what happens after this to because this is, I don't. This is uh, not the last pandemic we're going to be living through as far or as a viral perspective. There's going to be another virus. So, so how are we going to uh, position ourselves as business and as government? Because government, as Jim said, we're, we're basically tapped out. Canada's debt is like $750 billion in the next 12 to 18 months. It's going to go to a trillion or over a trillion. U.S. is putting $5 trillion into the economy and the GDP is going down. It's, it's, these are the last efforts. So the, the money tree in Ottawa and in, in Washington is pretty well dry and we have to make sure that they get it right. Otherwise, we're going to go into a serious depression. So I think that's the time-wise and I'm trying to encourage people to, you know, obviously be smart, but we also can't just be, be um, shut in. As I said before, uh, Jim and I have talked offline about, and you've heard about the model in Sweden, you know, some Sweden versus New Zealand, they're two, you know, uh, um, different perspectives on the on handling this, and there's arguments both ways. But I think once again, we got to come forward with a, a more balanced approach and starting to uh, get the people engaged again and um, provide some hope, uh, certainty, and predictability as business like certainty and predictability. And I think for consumer confidence needs to be gained as well, so they can go out and, and buy. I was talking to a car dealer in Kelowna. No new cars, basically. People aren't buying new cars. We're buying some used ones, but uh, new cars, because there's lack of confidence. And that's what we need to instill, once again, consumer confidence as well. You know, if I could just add to that confidence, there's just one point that I'll make, and I, and I think I've probably said enough for today. But um, in the past uh, 12 years, uh, we've enjoyed kind of a prosperity in, in, in North America or Canada and the U.S. for sure, prosperity that's been driven mainly by the stock market and, and by our housing valuations. And that's all people see their housing, housing assets go up and their stock market portfolio go up and they, they feel very comfortable that their wealth is increasing and they invest more in their businesses, they invest more in a bunch of different things. The stock markets um, have come off quite a bit, the biggest drop since the depression. And... Um, so people have seen that shave off and, and there's going to be some pressure in the housing probably. Um, and it's going to rattle confidence for sure and, and cause businesses to pause. So that's, that's the biggest thing that needs to come back. And that's for Reg too. That's how his business will get back in business is confidence. So however we can instill confidence in people to get them, you know, out there and, and moving the money around in the economy. Cause right now I think you're going to see a lot of Canadians want to put some money away before they, um, end up in a situation like this again, because we traditionally have been kind of relying on that asset value or that paper wealth that's being created by our housing, our house value and our stock market portfolio. And a lot of that may change in the next little while. So, Yeah, I know that's uh, some lots of stuff to think about. That's for sure. And we're, we're, believe it or not, we're almost at the end of our hour. I got Reg, I'm going to leave the last word for you. You got literally one minute, but uh, um, what can local businesses do to support each other? What, what are so we've been talking a lot about, you know, global stuff, but right now in our community, what what are things that business owners that are tuning in today, what can they do to help each other? Bricks and mortar. Just look for bricks and mortar, like you were saying, like it was said earlier about about paying taxes and things like that. That 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 pays a lot of the bills of the city. Look, look to who's got bricks and mortars and who has people employed in Kelowna. Um, uh, you know, boycott Amazon. You can order something online, make it from a, from a company that, that has a business in Kelowna. I, I really think that's the best way we can, uh, we can help each other. Stay local. Yeah, that's great. So we're at the end of the hour. Thank, uh, 
uh, Shay and Reg and Ron and Jim for joining us today and, and lots of great questions. We didn't get to all the questions, uh, but we'll circle back and uh, hopefully offline I can get those answered. Uh, and if they're directed to anybody on the panel, I'll, we'll reach out to them and uh, uh, and get those questions answered for you guys. Um, we do have three more of these sessions planned for next week. Um, Tuesday, we, uh, we, we're going to be focused on real estate, residential real estate. Uh, Wednesday, I'm excited for, I'm going to be talking to Gordon Burrell from Burrell and Associates. Um, and then Thursday, we're going to be talking about real estate, the rental and leasing market, which is a big topic, obviously, as well. So we'll be sending those out. Again, thank you to the panelists for joining us. Um, uh, it's been a great hour, lots of information that, that's gone through. Uh, anyone that's tuned in, if there's topics you want us to cover, please let us know. Um, and if there's questions you haven't answered, please send them our way. And like I said, we can, we can, you know, reach out to Ron or Shay or Reg or Jim and make sure we get those answered for you guys as well. So, so thanks for joining us today. Have a great day. And remember, as everyone said, just do what you can to support local. Every little dollar helps. And, and if we work together, we will get through this stronger than we were. So uh, thanks everyone and, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Rob. No problem. Thank you guys. Thanks guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation.